Welcome to the TriTech Performance Podcast, here to help you understand the science behind performance, from experts in nutrition, coaching, and pro triathletes, giving you the advice you need to reach your goals. Right, let's get into it. Okay, so this was myself and uh, Harrison catching up uh, the other night. Um, I had a bit of a meltdown. Well, that's probably a bit strong. I was having a day. I was going through it, <laughs> and um, I put something out on my Facebook. A few people reached out. Harrison was one of them. We started chatting, and I said, oh, "If you've got time, do you fancy jumping on? We'll put a podcast together, and uh, we'll get it out there." Uh, just felt right at the time to talk, even though Claire's not here. I think it's the first one we've done without Claire. Um, it was really, really last minute. So, um, apologies Claire, don't hate me. <laughs> but yeah guys, I hope you enjoy this. It's just myself and Harrison, he's young, aiming to become a pro, and uh, you get to listen to us chat about absolutely everything really, and then about what his plans are, how he's coped himself with this year, and how he's looking at moving on, I say this year, last year, and how he's looking at moving on throughout this year. And uh, yeah, wish him the best of luck, and it was great having a quick chat with him. I hope you enjoy it. So yeah, we're recording now, just to let you know. No worries at all. Uh, yeah, no, uh, no saying any, anything too bad about anyone. No, I'll try not to. <laughs> so I'll start off. Um, Go on. Thanks for reaching out to us on Facebook, by the way. It's all right. No worries. No worries at all. Um, That's what we're here for. There was a few. There was a few people that did. There was, and yourself being, being one of them. But it's, I take it's so strange because, obviously, you've got friends and family that are not involved within multi sports or triathlon or anything at all. And I had uh, my sister and um, uh, one other person reach out to me from not triathlon type life and everyone else was even people that haven't even met like people that i don't know um just random instagram instagram friends are they instagram i don't know what they are i mean (laughs) yeah you know what i mean um uh, and i got more i don't want to say love it makes it sound like i'm searching for attention but i got more from those people that are into or share similar things to myself mm. it, was, it was quite if any like i'm rabbiting on people don't even know what i'm going on about uh, so going through a bit of a, a bit of a day yesterday we've all had those days and i just had enough basically stuff was going on with work and family and life and i was stressed um and i vented on no i think I think just to jump in really quickly though, I think like this is this is being recorded uh what two days after Boris announces lockdown number three. Yes. And I think like like just seeing like responses on social media and um people that I've spoken to, like my friends and stuff like that, like this is probably like the hardest one yet. Like November we could deal with four weeks, fine. Um the first one 
going through to summer, it's getting sunnier, days are getting longer, like you can be outdoors. It's a lot more inviting to go outdoors. Um, but we were blessed with the weather as well. We were bloody lucky with the weather yeah. in March and April. Oh, it was um, amazing. Yeah, and I think when you get thrown into your third one in a 12-month period when it's quite frankly pissing down, snowing, fleeting, and <laughs> the last thing you want to do is leave the house anyway. Um, yeah, it's not the most exciting time to be alive, I think. And then that makes me part of that makes you kind of feel guilty when you're having a like a bad day because if you if you do take a step back and look at what you've actually got like there's myself the wife two kids two dogs a house like we're fine we're 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 fine and I should be grateful for that and I know that but that that in itself doesn't stop you from having a shit day It, it really doesn't and like it's okay that people say I'll oh, keep training keep training this that and the other but then there comes there comes a point where you just feel like oh man like I just want to lay in the bath that's what I did last night I went out for an easy run yesterday morning just to like try and help clear my mind a little bit and then last night I was like I need to get on the turbo I need to get no I don't need to get on the turbo I don't need to do I like tomorrow I'm still going to wake up I'm still going to be here I'm fine what I needed to do is just do nothing and that's what I did. I laid in the bath for way too long because um, I missed water. <laughs> you suddenly aged by like 100 years and come out like a prune. <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah, literally. I know why the body does that, actually. That's quite an interesting fact. Do you know why the body does that? Why the skin goes all wrinkly? I think I do, but you tell me in case I'm like so wrong. <laughs> I want to hear it. I want to hear you say it before I say it now. Because if I give you the well, answer... Isn't it osmosis? Like GCSE science, where like the water goes from one cell to the other. So basically, the reason why the body does it is so that when you're wet, you can still grab hold of things. I'm actually mind blown right now. Yeah, so it increases obviously the surface area of your skin. Because uh, that's that's why the body does it. Yeah, so it's a a thing, obviously, from way back when, um, ancestral times when we would have yeah. been a lot wetter than what we are now because we live in homes, you still would have had to grab stuff, walk through stuff and stuff like that. So that's why your body does it, yeah. Wow. There you I go. I didn't, I, didn't, there you go. That's I didn't get that out of a Christmas cracker either. <laughs> no, oh my God. Well, that's something new I've learned today and it's quite okay, rare. I'm going to stop recording and we'll put that one out. <laughs> <laughs> that's as good Job as done. it gets. <laughs> Oh dear. No, I I mean I did environmental physiology as my part of my degree and like that never came up. And clearly one of the most important things I learned on my degree was not that. Um but it's one of the most important things I've learned today. So that's always good. Always learning. No, no, definitely. So that's enough about me and um <laughs> my poor existence. Um how are you how are you getting on with it all? training wise i mean t- i mean for starters tell everyone who you are where you, where you've come from what your plans are so just to kind of give a brief overview of um who i am what i do um my name is harrison ross king i am or hrk triathlete on social media um 
I am 23, soon to be 24 in a couple of days, but I'm going to kind of ignore the fact that I'm going to be 24, um, purely because 2020 never really happened. There's so many um, people cursing you right now. <laughs> you're, you're, you're not old. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I've been doing triathlon. This will be my 14th year in triathlon. Um, I grew up racing the regional series starting at 10 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and I won pretty much most of the first year of racing I did on the regional circuit. So um, are you eastern region? I am southeast. I'm down in Eastbourne, so near okay. Brighton. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm a funny southerner as I look out the grey window. Um, no, yeah, so I'm down south. Um, yeah, I don't have a northern accent, as you can tell. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, so I started off with a regional series that covered like um, uh, anywhere up to the border of Hampshire, round to like Kent and anywhere south of London, essentially. Yeah. Um, but our, some of our regional races overlapped with London just because it's so local. Um, so yeah, started that when I was 12, won my first regional title, age 10, got my second one two years later for TriStar 2. And then in that, if you, when you're TriStar 2, you can then qualify for the Inter-Regional Championships, which is now like the under 20 festival, um, as British Triathlon has now classified it as, so that it has the IRC, the Inter-Regional Champs, and then you've got a youth and then a junior race as well, which has had European Cups attached to it and things like that. Um, from there, um, up until when I was a youth, so like 15, 16, um, moved on to the national elite circuit, um, racer as a youth, junior and a senior. So I did that for about six or seven years. And then the last 18 months, um, I've been focusing away from the National Super Series and looking to get my middle distance slash long course pro license. Because oh, you have different, because you have different ones for short course and long course. So I can race National Elite Circuit. I did a few European Cups whilst I was doing that as well in like Holland, um, which was a great experience of like international racing and stuff. Um, uh, but to get the pro license, you either have to, there are several ways you can get it, but just to briefly, quickly tell you, there's um, the talent pathway. So if you're on like a National Lottery funded position um, or you hit a certain criteria, through European Cups and World Cup racing, then you can get it that way. Um, the alternative way, which is like, I'm gonna call it the age group way rather than like the elite pathway. So you have to then race as an age group for a 70.3 or full distance and hit within a certain percentage of the pro winner's time. So whether 8%, 4%, 6%, depending on the prize money and the standard of the race of the pros. Um, so that's essentially the, the section that I'm focusing on at the moment. So where do you feel you kind of are in that? So I'm not far off it. I know that from 2018, I know 2019 racing. Um, I'm not too far off, to be honest. Um, So are you talking to freeze or where you're going to be aiming to do that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I raced, I've only, to be fair, I've only done three, um, two in, one in 2018, two in 2019. Um, I think, yeah, when I raced in Challenge Mallorca um, at the end of 2019, um, I can't remember the exact percentage I was off, but I wasn't far off at all. Um, I finished, I think I finished 60th overall, including the pros. Um, 
And I think I, yeah, I was third in age group at that. And I was pretty near the front end of the age group racing for like most of, the, most of that race. So yeah, I mean, um, it's doable. I just need a race to be on <laughs> yeah. to do it, um, which always helps. Um, but yeah, I mean, beyond that, beyond triathlon, um, two years ago, I graduated from University of Brighton, um, doing my degree in sport and exercise science with nutrition. Um, so I ran that alongside doing triathlon as well. And then at the same time, also working as like what we call a recreation assistant, which is basically a lifeguard, which also does gym management and manufacturing memberships and all that. So, and lots yeah. of cleaning. <laughs> and lots of cleaning. Yeah, but cleaning. in all fairness, touch wood, touch wood, the additional cleaning this year, one has, well, obviously prevented me from getting COVID because I haven't had it. But two, getting a general cold because I'm the worst for getting a cold in winter. I'll have at least two as a minimum. And they won't last for like a week or a few days. They'll be like a full two-week hateous from sport. Why, um, why, why do you think that is? Do you think it's training? I think there's a lot of factors which, like, obviously training's been really, like, consistent and not had been too intense. Um, but then at the same time, like, I haven't been mingling in public spaces at all. been wearing masks. So, like, anything airborne isn't getting into my system. Um, I'm not sitting in cafes or restaurants or um, public transport as well. So, and like, I think there's just so many different things that have gone into it. And so many things that I've done this year, I'll certainly be taking through to next winter when hopefully COVID is like under the low level or gone. Yeah, we'll go with that. Um, And hopefully like things like wearing a mask around public spaces, actually I wouldn't be a, be opposed to if it meant that I didn't get a cold throughout winter yeah um and they, just simple things like that the level of hand sanitizing I'm doing or the level of cleaning that I'm doing working with keyboards and different members of staff at work so it's all things like that that I can continue to do and does actually become quite natural for life now yeah <laughs> life now really but but yeah no um and then also things like diet obviously helps and sleep helps and things like that so your diet must be um, pretty good if you've uh, studied it. <laughs> Nobody can see this. <laughs> that was the best face. As he says, he put, put, takes another bite out of a Big Mac. <laughs> well, uh, let's... Okay, so a lot of my friends who know me Uni um, know that I have some of the weirdest eating habits in the world. Like, I'll eat peanut butter and tuna sandwiches. Oh, I can. Oh, or, we can get in on this. This is good. So, yeah, like I have some of the weirdest, weirdest things. Like the thing I was just eating before we started talking was um, tuna, peanut butter, and rice. That's like people that I work with know that if I'm on at work and I'm on a long shift, that'll be my go-to break food. That, that sounds. Um, it does sound weird i'm not this might shock a lot of people i'm not a fan of nuts i'm not a fan of peanut butter and some people go like what the hell but like that's kind of like a satay chicken type thing yeah it? yeah, yeah. it's just chewing like, I do it pasta. so like i do a pasta so I have peanut butter pasta yeah but pesto with like pasta. cheese in there yeah but i think that's quite different you know yeah like i like for breakfast today i had toast with peanut butter and pesto are you addicted to peanut butter is that what it is? It sounds like that, but like I just kind of put peanut butter with everything. The sudden realization—it just, <laughs> <it> just works. <laughs> um, 
yeah but then yeah I mean growing up and as an athlete like getting my five a day of fruit and veg in has always been the biggest challenge um and like it like most days I probably just about hit it ish like now these days um but it's something that I always have to be conscious of and aware of because otherwise I can literally go days without eating any fruit or veg um, I, I think it's think- just uh western isn't it yeah um yeah for sure i think also for me because i i don't deal well with fiber and fruit and veg is a lot of fiber so if i have cereal during the day then i have to be really conscious of what fruit and veg i'm having later on that day because if i've got a run first thing in the morning it could be like it could be a code brown on that run in the morning and nobody wants a code brown run session (laughs) especially in the morning You've got the rest oh, of the yeah. day for it, for it to get worse. Oh, it, exactly, exactly. So, um, yeah, I do, like, I'm always kind of thinking about, like, when I'm eating, what I'm eating. Um, can I have, if oh, I really fancy that bath, can't have it until I've run because otherwise it might be a code brown. <laughs> How do you find you get on with that on race nutrition? You know, like race nutrition, uh, race nutrition pre-race, pretty simple peanut butter and jam sandwich jobs are good and um but like especially moving up to 70.3 it certainly was more of a challenge it took me a couple of races to fully get it right when I first raced New Yorker in 2018 it was going so well up until the second half of the run where oh my gosh it's, I, essentially I forgot to eat in the first half of the run because I was like so excited getting onto the run course and like, oh, this is going so well, and oh, I'm loving it, and this is so fun. And it was like my first experience of 70.3 racing that I just, oh yeah, I've actually got to eat something. I just, I just wasn't used to that in like short course racing. Yeah, because like, the time you feel about it, it's and... over. Yeah, like, exactly. Racing, so... 10K is like, it's a 5K, 10K. By the time you get yeah. off the bike, you, you pretty much missed that window to put anything in, haven't you? Um, exactly yeah and I think like I didn't necessarily I think I knew what to expect but I think it just wasn't present in my mind at the time so second half the run was um yeah I went from running about four minute k's to about seven minute k's um it it went from a run to a shuffle to a um, death march to get me across the line um I don't really remember much the last lap but yeah so that's one where I've gone not enough fuel and then the next one I did at the start of 2019, which was at one of the Castle Series races up at Chumley, um, I had too much and like my gut just wasn't absorbing anymore. So I got onto the run. I think I was so paranoid about getting the fuel in. I ended up having, I think, 12 gels oh, in the God. space of an hour. Yeah. I, yeah. So I think, uh, yeah. So I had to find that balance and learning like, okay, that's where I shouldn't have gone. Like in my head afterwards, I was like, why do I have that many? Because like the standard like protocol for racing is 70 grams of carbs per per hour, generally as a general ballpark. Mm-hmm. Like someone would need more, someone would need less. Like, so 70 grams is like two gels if you've got a 30, 35 gram carbohydrate gel. Um, so 12 gels is like, like your gut just like I was constipated for two days after that um 
yeah it wasn't a pretty sight yeah that's bad and i was just like cramping all over the place and i was just yeah it was i've been hang on for seconds but it was not pretty um and then mallorca 2019 i went back almost back with a vengeance because i was a bit like right i've got to get this right this time and um yeah pretty much nailed it really i think there's only maybe one minor issue that i had um with it which i just kind of resolved on my own during the race so um i think 70.3 70.3 brings out the learning curve quite steep and um, they're always quite interesting, especially when you come from a short course background, um, as we kind of found out in Daytona back in December. Yeah, what's a race? Yeah. <laughs> no, so yeah. Yeah, Tom uh, Davis lives fairly close um, to me and yeah, just watching that and when he took the front, because he's a fellow Essex lad, when he took the front, I was like, come on, Tom, screaming at, screaming at the telly. <laughs> oh do you know it's really weird like I um at the start of 2019 I I took a bit of a break from triathlon for a couple of months um I left like my training group and like, I said to my coach I look this isn't right for me at the moment I'm not enjoying it um and I was meant to be racing challenge salute which is usually held in March um and I'd already booked like but the race entry, but the like um, the accommodation, the flights and everything. So I wasn't going to get any money back on those because I decided this in like the February and it was happening in March. I was just like, right, let's just go have a holiday. So lose like half an hour away from Barcelona. I'll grab my friend Sarah and um, we'll go. And Tom was racing there. And um, like that was his first pro podium that he had made. I think he was third. And um, I just remember like, watching it and then I was like shouting splits and I was like oh my gosh what am I doing like why am I not back in this sport already um so one it was like insane to like see him getting his first like pro podium at Challenge Salou um to then seeing him like at the front of the race in like today Daytona um yeah it was just pretty incredible really so you're you're quite close age-wise um, yeah I think he's a couple of years older than me yeah so have you come across him on the circuit at all like doing the yeah so we used to and... so we used to race quite a lot um national series because like under 23s and juniors and seniors kind of all get blitzed into together kind of sort of thing a lot of the time um yeah so even even lining up on the start line next to the Brownlee brothers at Blenheim um the couple of times they've done that has been been the most painful experience of my life but also like a great experience to kind of like know that you you're racing the best of the british when when they are around that's awesome that's the thing same with george goodwin as well really pardon sorry it's the same with george goodwin as well like obviously he finished really high up in daytona as well and like racing him at national duathlon and he's been at world european duathlon before and um and then on the national circuit as well, it, it's it's amazing to see that like actually it's not million miles away. Um, yeah, you've been up like against them before, that. so turning pro, yeah. going up against them again wouldn't be anything too scary. No, it'd almost be something, almost something slightly familiar, albeit very different, but very familiar at the same time. Okay, so what are you doing training-wise at the moment then to kind of put you in the best possible position? Um, I think... Are you to be honest, I... loads of hours on the turbo? On the turbo <laughs> Do you know, like, I think, like, the first lockdown was, like, a lot of unknowns for everyone. 
um, athletes, coaches, people in business, everything. So like first lockdown was just all about dropping out all the intensity and just keeping it consistent and just getting a decent volume in over consistent weeks. And actually like my coach just set us like um, challenges that we could like work towards. So 200K rides and um, little run time trials that we do on the seafront um, and things like that, um, that would have some purpose to our training and that we can work towards. Cause some of us tend to have a racing goal in mind that we're working towards in training. Others use other versions of, versions of motivation yeah um so we all kind of work in different ways essentially um so the first lockdown was all kind of like that I had a lot of volume had like some of my biggest training months i'd ever done which was brilliant and like stayed fit stayed healthy as a result of that um and then yeah then when was it second lockdown was my november so november was obviously a little different the weather's change so that was just more about ticking things over because obviously you don't need to be blasting things um through winter too much um yeah and then kind of from then through to kind of now it's kind of been just kind of ticking over just kind of good volume really i got i managed to get a race in at the start of december uh which was good that was a 5k road race just something to how'd you get on essentially uh i got a pb which was great um go on scare me like uh, no, I'm not. I'm not rapid like Alex. I'm not rapid like Alex Yee. But, oh, um, he's got no, one but, of the fastest in the country, isn't he? Over that distance. Yeah, yeah. I, I could never. Like, I grew up racing with him, but I could never really compete with him on that front. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was sixteen fifty nine. I was aiming for anything sub seventeen, and yeah, just ran it to the wire and <laughs> a second under, the second under. So I'll take it. Um, but yeah, no, it was a great, great course, and like the setup was really good there. So that was just kind of nice to get that racing motion back um so yeah and then at the moment it's kind of um figuring out what i can do what the prospects are that we're going to be in this situation for how long do i plan for mm. um do i look to prep for any racing in april um i've got challenge championships due to happen at the end of may um what work can i do now to prep for that the best that I can in a few months time um so it's all a lot of um figuring out and uncertainties at the moment which is the same for everyone and it's just um taking it day by day at the moment listening to my body obviously swimming's limited or not at all at the moment so it's all going to be land-based and there's a lot of then stress going to the legs that isn't normal so um it's it's things like that then you have to become more aware of if you're increasing like your running and your riding um and then also things like you're just sitting around the rest of the time whereas for me i'm used to working 25 to 30 hours a week on my feet moving around at work so yeah um it's it's those benefits that i get in terms of recovery but also those things i need to be aware of am i getting tight by sitting around watching tv watching movies laying down it's those sorts of things I then need to be more conscious of that I wouldn't necessarily normally be aware of too much, if that makes sense. Yes, completely, because it's the same for me, nine to five. Well, as of, apart from yesterday, with the way everything's gone, but normally I say nine to five, I leave the house at uh, between six and a half, six. I'm not home between until 
sometime between four and five. I'm on site all day, every day, walking around, carrying stuff. Like it's it's constant. And because I leave so early in the morning, um, I generally get home from work. I don't have time in the morning to get up, go out for a run. I'd be leaving my house at like four to go for a run or something. So I get home, help the wife or the kids, get the kids in bed. And all my training is half seven at night onwards, pretty much go out for a run, get on the treadmill. I've got a treadmill and trainer in the garage. But going, one thing I notice on site, I usually clock up if I wear my watch, I very rarely wear it. But if I wear my watch, I usually get my uh, 10,000 steps in by about midday, one o'clock. And so you're looking at 20,000 plus steps a day. And then I go for a run at night. So nearly every day you're, you're over 20, 25,000 steps a day. Um, and now obviously lockdown work for me has stopped. So I'm at home. So I am missing that 20,000 plus steps a day straight off the bat but so what that does enable me to do if i have the time is um and life allows is to go double sessions so if i can do a session in the morning one easy session and a harder session and it doesn't seem to fatigue me because i'm not doing those hours at work um yeah that's how that's how it affects or doesn't affect me so i imagine it's the same for you i mean you you're gaining then you're gaining that 10, 15,000 steps or whatever you do in a day in the bank to be able to use as something else. But then you've also got to keep in mind the nutrition side of things, because if you're not using that energy and you're still shoveling in what you were shoveling in before, you're going to start seeing the weight creep up. Not that that's you a know, bad thing at the moment. You know, I'll share something with you. Like in the first lockdown, I, so from March to August, somehow despite me doing like my biggest trading weeks and everything um i still managed to put on nine kilos eight nine, nine kilos. nine that's that's a lot isn't it yeah yeah so i was about 84 and i got up to just under 83 93 kilos um so that like was a big wake up call i remember doing a photo shoot with one of my mates josh yip actually and um i remember looking at the photos after and literally just looking at my face and i literally looked like a hamster that had like stuffed his cheeks i literally just like absolutely stuffed i just yeah and i just remember looking at it going oh my god like what's happened here I've eaten but a it, lot. yeah yeah I've eaten and, this is the thing, like some, like some days I reckon I was eating the same as what I normally would do. And that's, that's the thing I'm so much more aware of now is like, if I'm sat at home all day, I don't need to be fueling for something that I'm not doing. Yeah. Um, and I think now it's eating, now it's eating to fuel my body and for training and general living rather than eating to fuel for work, living, training and everything like that. And I think, I think obviously those who are now work from home or whatever this difference in their situation is, um, would obviously be more aware of that they're not walking around the office all the time or things like that. And um, yeah, I mean, like I'm back down and lower than what I was when I was in March last year. But um, yeah, it's certainly one of the biggest wake up calls that I had in the last 12 months actually was how much, how physical my job was 
relative to the amount of stuff that I was eating. It's good that, that you've um, you've managed to. It's one thing realizing that, and then it's a completely different ball game trying to gain control of it. Um, habits, it's all habits, isn't it? And they're so hard to break. Um, uh, food is so, it's such an easy thing, isn't it? Like if if you look at it, it's an easy thing. If you want to lose weight, you restrict your calorie intake. But it's so simplistic. But goddamn, that's hard. <laughs> I think like I think for me it's I don't tend to see it as like restricting my intake I tend to have the approach of if I want it I'll eat it but in moderation if I want a biscuit I'll have a biscuit but not a pack of biscuits yeah do you get what I mean it's things yeah. like that so it's it's not because like you always want what you can't have and if you say you can't have chocolate you want it more Yes, And I think for me, like, it's telling myself, yeah, I can have chocolate, but I'll have a row of squares rather than the whole bloody bar of dairy milk. Um, which does wonders for me. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's being able to look at it in a certain way that works for you. Some people, they have to not have it at all and they have to completely cut it out because they can't cope with just a tiny bit and leaving it and putting it back in the cupboard. And I think also it's, the thing that I found was keeping myself busy. If I'm just sat there at home bored and the kitchen is like sat there looking at me going, come eat me, um, I will go and eat it. Um, so it's one of those things that like, this is going to sound really sad. Like people are going to think I'm a really sad person by doing this. I'd create PowerPoints of, my, of myself to like give me like tasks to do. So right. like, I don't know, I'd, I'd collect I'd collect race like my race results from the last like five years and put them on yeah. a spreadsheet, or I would collect a load of race photos and put them in a PowerPoint. And then, I mean, one is motivating. Two, it gives me something to do, which isn't sat there looking at the telly thinking about food. So it's it's those distractions that help me. Um, yeah, that help me through. You might say that people might think you're sad about that, but there's. There's people out there that do that. Like, <laughs> there's people out there that do do things like that. And there's even <laughs> worse. Them. Even worse. There's well, not worse, but you could see it as worse. There are people out there that do that for other people, and they don't even know those other people. But I'm, I, I know, <laughs> I know that there are people out there that goes through thousands of race photos just to tag other people. They, they, they. Oh. they they don't even know who these other people some are. Some of my training squad, some of my training squad will know that like I will send them links to photos of them from races. Oh, so you're one. You're you're well, one. I'm just being nice. Yeah, I'm just no, being no. nice. Yeah, that's fair enough. That's that's fair enough. No, I'm not doing I'm not doing it in a stalking way. Like if I come across them, I'll send it to them. <laughs> I'm not a stalker, but, I promise. <laughs> well, okay, so give give you some context. Like I run my club social media and website stuff. So sending the pictures of the athletes to the athlete if they want to post it, and then that means that I can then repost their posts. So it okay, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. I'm gonna, if there's some like because you're on the, the like the south coast, if there was some like you sending someone 
in Scotland a random photo of themselves doing a triathlon saying, look what I found for you. I'd be like, okay, that's if I, don't, if I don't know them, I wouldn't do it. But like, if I, if I know them on like a, a personal level, like I've met them or I like I chat to them regularly or something, more than happily do it. Because actually nine times out of 10, they probably wanted the picture themselves. Yeah. No, that's there fair. You go. I'll let you off the stall. <laughs> look, you're not a stall. <laughs> Oh dear, no, no. So I'm going to ask, um, uh, as soon as we're done with this, I'm going to edit it and put it out as soon as I can. Um, and if anyone else is listening and wants to get involved, I'm, I'm, I'm surprising you with this because even you don't know what I'm going to say. We at, um, within the Tritech race team, we've started ourselves a little bit of a challenge to try and help us get through, uh, obviously, lockdown and maybe even further we don't know how long it's going to go on for but we are trying to swim bike run ourselves around the world so basically the world is i'm working in kilometers by the way so sorry um I'm, that's I'm good normal people work in caves <laughs> well, you'll be oh, you'll be surprised it's a generational thing definitely i was gonna say where's the line are you over i the get line shot or? down by a lot of older people that i know when i say i work in k's like, how do you work how in k's it's miles <laughs> like I, I couldn't even tell you what i weigh in stone anymore it's all kilos oh wouldn't have a clue yeah so yeah we're the same generation people will be shouting down the microphone at the moment down the speakers. <laughs> um yeah so basically it's forty thousand and seventy five kilometers all the way around and that's a lot of mileage it's a lot of kilometerage so we are <laughs> i'm putting it out there for everyone um if you want to jump on it and give us a hand i on the uh, tri-tech race team um instagrams and facebooks and whatever we're going to be putting like a little uh like pdf out there that you can uh write on how many mileage you've done on what day you don't um if you can break it down in regards to um i uh, swam this ran this and cycled that distance and just post it once a week if you tag us in it we can obviously add the mileage up and keep track of where we are around the world as we go around the world and just help there's no there's nothing anyone's gaining from it no one's gaining any money from it or anything like that it's just some something fun to do and to try and crack up some mileage on the turbo or out running and give everyone a hand and we will pop it on the map and let everyone know where we are at certain points and i am talking to uh one of our partners uh one of the club partners at the moment to see if they're interested in offering a discount to anyone or everyone that comes on and gives us a hand basically so it'll be like drop drop them your email address and i'll send you a discount code for their products because you're helping us out pretty much so we'll see what comes of that and i will keep you up to date with it so yeah if you want to we could do with the mileage <laughs> definitely, <laughs> I mean, do, definitely do the mileage if you're, if you're <laughs> knocking out um 100k bike rides on zwift or out in the real world then i <laughs> definitely do some of that to help us get around the planet <laughs> that's for sure i'm sure i can help you in some way yeah. or another whatever way is possible no definitely definitely no that sounds really good and i think the thing is like we all need a bit of a goal and a bit of a, a challenge at the moment um 
I don't know if challenge is the right word because the world's quite challenging itself at the moment. But um, you know what I mean? I think we all need some, I guess it's purpose to training or motivation to training. Um, and it sounds like a brilliant, brilliant way to get that going, even not if not just for yourself, but for the whole race team and, and beyond. Yeah. Um, no, it seems super exciting. Awesome. Yeah, well, I will. Um, if there's anything else you've got to say, fire away. Um, if not, we'll, uh, we'll we'll jump on that. And one thing I would like to say is, I think you should try peanut butter and tuna sandwiches. Oh my god, no, I couldn't do it. I love I love tuna. Don't get me wrong. It's if that was something else, I'd I would, yeah. But it's just the peanut butter. My favourite sandwich. I don't know if this will gross anyone out, and it grosses sure. the wife out. She hates it. Is a uh, chocolate spread and cheese. I could so be on board with that. I mean, I would go. though, wouldn't I? I'm going to try. I've got, you know, what the random got? time. Have you got, I've got Nutella or is it chocolate spread? It's chocolate spread. Okay, because there's a difference there. There's a difference. I'm not a massive fan of hazelnuts. So Nutella is fine, but like anything stronger than that, like a, a bueno, oh, that's a bit... Yeah, yeah, I'm, pulling I'm, a, pulling I'm the same as you. Like chocolate spread is chocolate spread, not hazelnut chocolate spread. So like chocolate okay. spread and cheese. If personally, if you go for a stronger cheddar, it's so good. But my wife, even my kids are like, oh, daddy, that's disgusting. And kids eat anything. Oh, yeah, this is true. No, I can actually try that. Once I've done my gym set tonight, I'll do that. Um, also, what's your pre-race breakfast? This is one that always like, because I swear people go for the random shit when like it's race day and they they always go for oh like rice and chicken or <laughs> at six o'clock in the morning. Do you know what I mean? Or you go for the normal stuff, which is porridge. Yeah, normal. I, I don't do anything random. My diet is um, because of the way my work life schedule is. It, my diet is I'm one of those people. I'm a creature of habit. I eat the same thing every day and at the same time every day. The only thing that generally changes is our dinner at night because I'll eat with the kids when I get home and I tend to eat what they're eating or maybe if the wife's cooked something different for us to. But apart from that, so in the morning I get up, um, I, depending on the session at night, sometimes, or the session that I've got that day, sometimes I'll skip the breakfast um, because if I know if I'm just sitting on the turbo for a couple of hours, I'm not going to need the energy, but I would like to obviously work on the whole um, fat oxidization kind of thing from the night before. So I won't eat until 10. Um, and that 10 o'clock will be uh, rice, um, usually like a Mexican rice or something like that. So it's got peas, beans, onions, blah, 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 peppers and all that sort of stuff in it. So 10 in the morning, yeah? Yeah, 10 a.m. That'll be first first feed. Uh, and then um, it'll probably be a protein bar. This is something where, like, you probably might be interested in this. You might not, but if not, I'm going to go all sports science on you anyway. Um, my dissertation was looking at the effects of overnight fasting so not having breakfast on 10, 000, on fat oxidation in 10,000 meter running. So if you're just running steady state for like 10,000 meters, how that affects your fat oxidation levels. 
fun fact. So I, I would, going through what I know, I would say not eating the night. But what is there a time on this? Like, were people doing their 10,000 meter run at 10 o'clock in the morning? Or So mine had to, the last time they did, in the test and the study that I ran, they had to eat from i think it's 12 hours a couple of years ago because 12 hours before they couldn't eat so 10 to so 10. 10 to 10 or 8 to 8 depending on what time they come into the lab in the morning okay so there was 12 hours yeah. i would I say mean, that the greater the fast the bigger the effect to an extent yeah hmm it's a long time, isn't it? 12 hours. I would say that their fat oxidization before they got on a treadmill would have been, would probably have been high. And then as they started working out, it probably dropped. Even though they were in steady state. Uh... Because it's been such a long time before they fed. You know, um, rustic state, they were higher, but then actually because of, because they were kind of, they weren't like elite athletes or anything. They were just kind of recreational runners. Um, and essentially what happened was it was, it went, fat rates went up for the first half and then actually they kind of dipped towards the end because the contribution of carbohydrates needed to be more involved, either yeah. because their fitness levels weren't used to that level of oxidation of fat at that stage or the body's naturally trying to compensate for that. So obviously you've got um, where you've got greater fat oxidization, you've got lower contribution from carbs and then it yeah. crosses over and flips the other way as you go up with the intensity. So um, like so, in layman's terms, we're talking zone two high oxidization zone four low oxidization zone three crossover ish ish of fat yeah yes yeah of fat yeah um and then it's like the reverse for carbohydrates essentially because obviously yeah. if you're high intensity stuff you need your carbs and your low intensity is fat burning um so yeah but then also within that i looked at people's mood states and appetite as well and in like gone i'll let you you tell me, like, was are you more grouchy or are you more hangry, shall we say, when you haven't had breakfast? I personally, I am not because I am used Ooh, to not I'm used to not eating in the morning. So it doesn't really bother me. I am I'm not a person that's motivated motivated by food. Um okay. uh, yeah, the only thing that I ever really want or crave is chocolate. Apart from that, I have no it fueled his fuel and that's the yeah. and then period that's that that's why i can eat the it's same thing every day it doesn't bother me yeah it's interesting because like if you're not used to it i think you you'll see your mood becomes a lot more used to running my wife on. is a prime example honestly yeah. if she hasn't eaten in the morning she is hell on earth she knows this <laughs> she can bit... hear me if she can hear me she'll be nodding her head yeah, if she needs a cup I'm of a tea. First thing, she needs a cup of tea, and then she needs to eat. If not, she's a pun. Absolutely, yeah. she's hell. It's um, yeah. So I mean, the study kind of told me, and I think we kind of knew it anyway. But like, people were in a lower mood state when they were fasting compared to when they had breakfast before. But then also after they were in an even worse state after, so they were very moody people in the labs in those days. But then also they were craving sugar 
sugary foods rather than the salty, savory stuff. Yeah, they wanted that quick fix, which is also something if you're using fasting as a tool for weight management, it's something to be aware of that you're not then overcompensating after. But then also, depending on whether you're male or female, um, it may be appropriate or not to do so. Yeah, there's a lot. There's yeah, there's a lot like coming out at you. Whilst you're on the subject, one thing that I do want to make one thing I do want to make clear to people: the whole um, you go on any Facebook group or online and ask the question about how to lose weight whilst running, and there will be an endless drip of people telling you to run easy and slow because you burn more fat, so then you lose more weight. That is not how it works and i just want to i want to make that clear there's a very fine balance there and there's so much more that goes into it it doesn't mean that you're going to go out running for half an hour and you're going to even like the treadmills are examples because they give you fat burning zones but they don't actually tell you what what is happening what it's referring to is the fuel your body is using to get you through that exercise not the fat that you're going to lose weight because the more fats your body is using to exercise, um, if you're in a fat burning zone, it's not using carbs. So you're going to keep those carbs because you're not using them and vice versa. If you're training at the top end, you're using more carbs than you are fats, but then it's keeping the fats. So you're, you're not losing weight that way. The, the weight management comes down to exactly that, managing food intake, it's weight management. I think what's really important here is that people who are looking to lose weight have fun doing exercise or movement in the process because ultimately that's gonna be the key to the longevity of the success of what you're trying to do. It's it's not restricting your diet so that you're hungry all the time. It's, it's fueling for what you need to fuel for and appropriately with the right food. And training as well has to be varied. Like you can't just sit there slogging it out all day at a low intensity because it bore, it, you'll get bored and it won't be sustainable. And sometimes, yeah, you do have to work hard and sometimes you do have to do interval stuff because that's what also will make it fun and enjoyable and interesting as well as using different uh, mechanisms internally inside your body to fuel those different versions of exercise so um, I think what has to be clear is that it's a lifestyle change if that's what's happening Um, and it's it doesn't have to be a miserable experience it can be a really positive one and also the social side as well yeah i i couldn't i couldn't agree more um i've had people that are on uh, both sides in regards to um some people function better when they've got numbers to work to so they they want to stand on scales and uh see their weight that way and other people function better when they don't know it's happening and um they can use photos or one of the one of the best tools that i have found for people is um performance performance increase so if 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 your aim is to lose weight but you like running then why not try and just forget about the weight but just try and improve your 5k time you you there will be a correlation between 
the both. Uh, instead of a Mars bar, I'm going to have a banana because that's going to increase my uh, ability at improving my 5K time. So don't think about it as a weight gain, weight loss issue. Just think about it in the performance side of things. And I've seen that work wonders as well for people. And I think, yeah, as long as as long as people are happy, that's the main thing. I think people underestimate the fact that being happy has on someone's lifestyle, the diet and exercise. And I think like we always like, as long as people are happy with themselves, what they see in the mirror and the lifestyle they have and they're healthy, you can't ask for more than that. Not everyone has to be sticks in athletic build. Like sometimes just being healthy and happy is good enough for people. That's the main thing, happy. Exactly. Being, being exactly. happy within yourself. I had this conversation last night with someone actually. They were shouting at me about it. (laughs) (laughs) Be happy with what you got and stop worrying about everything else and stop looking at Instagram and Facebook at everyone's perfect life. The world is so big, but sometimes the world can seem twice as big because your world has just got that little bit bigger and more stressful. And to be honest, like at the moment, it's just one of those things that you just have to be able to rationalize it down to actually life's pretty simple and we're the only people complicating it yeah and sometimes it's just reminding reminding ourselves that actually um all you have to do is wake up and go on with your day rather than really overcomplicating the world for yourself or oneself okay i'll put that in quotes do it <laughs> put in quotes in the show notes <laughs> do, do it, it do it definitely. so um let everyone let everyone know how they can get hold of you how they can follow you um, hrk draft me go search it i'm everywhere and anywhere so under that i'll put all your um social links and stuff in the show notes as well and uh yeah we'll get it out there and also once i've sorted the um design bits and pieces out for cycling swim bike running shall i say around the world every meter counts then um yeah i'll get that out there so if anyone wants to jump on that and give me a hand please <laughs> give us a hand i can't do forty thousand k on a turbo by myself um yeah then we'll we'll go from there awesome do it definitely thank you Excellent. thanks for having thanks for having us thanks for coming on and um <laughs> I felt like you interviewed me. I be fair that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> I've got, um, uh, I'm waiting on some beanies to come in. And once someone's been on the pod, I'm sending a beanie out to them. So uh, there's one coming your way. Ollie Turner's, I've spoke to Ollie. I don't know if you've listened to that, um, but I had a good chat with Ollie. He's got one. I have, yeah. On his way to him as well at some point. So yeah we'll get get it out there awesome wicked there we go i'll speak to you soon yeah cheers well i quite enjoyed um my little chat there with harrison i know we waffled on a little bit and we started talking about some random subjects but it was good to get a little bit off my chest and uh harrison reached out to me on facebook so that uh, worked for me and hopefully you enjoyed the chat too um we touched on weight management and weight loss uh, right at the end there um, it got me thinking that potentially there's uh, a whole 
more, probably a whole series of podcasts that we could sort of start to work our way into with something like that. Now, if anyone's got any questions um, about weight, weight loss, weight management, or they've got their own personal experiences, um, or there's anything in particular you'd like to know in regards to how it how it works, or if you've got um, illnesses or anything that are within that area, I'm more than happy to speak to you. We can try and get um, specialists on in any particular area and see how it goes, basically. But I definitely think there's something we could um, dive into there. So thanks for downloading and listening. And I hope you enjoyed the chat there with Harrison. And I look forward to having you guys along next time. Cheers. Cheers.